You're listening to the Player Layer Podcast. I'm your host, Ivan Alexiev, and today I've got with me the designer of Under Falling Skies, uh, Tomash, who is also a developer at Czech Games Edition, and we talk a lot about uh, Under Falling Skies, which if you haven't played it, I highly recommend you uh, download the print and play, uh, because it, this game started out its life as a print and play uh, made for a contest on Board Game Geek. It won a ton of awards because it is uh, very innovative uh, and just works so well with so few components. Um, but now it will be published as a uh, boxed uh, retail game by Czech Games Edition, and I can't wait for that. They've uh, made the game into a campaign. We also talked with Tomaj about uh, developing uh, de- developing other games, like uh, he worked on Sanctum, which is another great game by Czech Games, and we talked about the differences between you know working as a designer versus working as a developer. Uh, on another note, before we start, I want to say that at playerlayer.net, we have started doing um, blind testing and playtesting services, so if you've got a game that you want developed, or you want some eyes on the game, we have a great team. All of us are in the industry, and we, we've tested a bunch of games, so uh, hopefully we can help you make the best game possible and see what uh, what your game needs, or you know give, give you another uh, opinion. You can learn more at playerlayer.net. Thank you for listening. I am here today with uh, Tomasz Ulir, uh, who is the designer of Under Falling Skies. I did my best to pronounce his name. <laughs> Tomasz, how are you? Yeah, I'm fine. I, I think you did really well with the name. <laughs> uh, could you tell yeah. me, before, before we get to Under Falling Skies, which uh, is a game I really, really like, and I, I say that often because usually I have designers that whose games I like, but this one, it stands out in so many ways. Yeah, but first I want to ask you uh, how you got into board games in the first place. Uh, and okay. when did you start designing games? Oh, it's uh, At first, it's, it's really nice to hear about a game that you like it. And if you ask, I mean, I think I've been designing games like like all the time I can remember. I mean, as far as I can remember. I, I remember times when I was really small and with my brother... We we haven't been playing like like usual kids. We uh, every time we've been playing with I don't know with Lego or whatever, it was some kind of a game or or even a board game. So I think I started it really early in this. <laughs> mm-hmm. And did you when you were playing with Legos, were you just making up the games as you played? Because that's that's what we did with my brother as well. Uh, <laughs> yeah, sometimes I mean uh, sometimes we make up the rules just just as we go. And sometimes we just uh, sit on it and and, and uh, say, okay, we, we want to make a game uh, about this, and we we first design the game and then we play it. So, and then when did you get to uh, playing more board games? Uh, I think it started um, with those uh, uh, adventure books, like uh, like those fighting fighting fantasy and 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 stuff like that. And I, you probably know them. Then my dad bought us uh, HeroQuest. You know HeroQuest? Of yeah. course you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. It's, uh, it's on Kickstarter <laughs> right now, actually, the new printing yeah. by Hasbro. So I think that was the one of the first, uh, like, real, real um, 
big board games we we've played and uh from from there we we go through many others like uh we switch to some more more typical euro games uh from this and and since then i'm playing them like <laughs> every time i can i have time Mm -hmm. And what were you doing outside of board games? Uh, from from what I know right now, you're working. You're actually working in board games with uh, Czech games. Is that right? Oh, it's right. It's it's uh, almost. Uh, I think it's over a year now. And uh, before that, I'm I'm a studied uh, architect. Uh, I think it's quite actually quite common for for game designers. It's uh, uh, like most of the game designers I know they they either uh, architects or programmers. So <laughs> yeah, it's fun. It's uh, funny that you say that because uh, my brother's an architect and we design games together. And, uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think it it requires a, a similar skill set, quite similar to the process when you when you design a building, let's say. Mm -hmm. So yeah. And then when did you um, start publishing your games uh, with, and I know Under Falling Skies was in Board Game Geek. It's your fourth game, I think, on BGG. You know, in, here in Czech Republic, we have, we have uh, um, this organization. It's called uh, Czech Board Games. It's similar like Czech Games Edition. And uh, actually, they started as uh, one company. And their first game was uh, Through the Ages. So the first edition of Through the Ages was actually published by Checkboard Games. And just the next year, they uh, they like divided and, and they started like a new uh, a publishing company called Czech Games Edition. And uh, actually, my first game was this uh, Checkboard Games. It was called Laborigines. And it's a really wacky game. It's, it's about... A, uh, like a figures made from clay or some some kind of clay, and you were moving around the board and doing some stuff. And I think it it was a really uh, really early design of mine. So it, <laughs> when looking at it from from uh, today's perspective, it's I must uh, laugh about it. But <laughs> that that time it was it was really fun to to design it. Um, but I think I actually really started to to design game games like uh, maybe. Two three years ago, and um, one of the first uh, successful designs was uh, was um, uh, it's called Spring on a String uh, in, in English. It's Lokaj Bishita in Czech, <laughs> and it's uh, it's again it's 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 very very strange uh, uh, a pick of components because uh, the board of the game is made of felt. And you use like shoelaces, and and you're uh, like sewing through the board, and and picking some flowers and and such. So, uh, yeah, I, I had a look at the game. It looked uh, very in interesting. Just like Under Falling Skies, also feels very innovative because of that type of dice placement. And uh, probably my favorite part is the way the um, AI works in the game. Like when whenever you place uh, dice, uh -huh. you also know how the um, aliens are gonna move. Uh, you designed that game for a contest first uh, for BGG nine card print and play, right? That's right. Yeah. 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 How in long? In two thousand nineteen. Yeah. yeah. Uh, how did you? Uh, first of all, how did you decide on the theme and mechanics of the game? Um, I mean, actually, in in this game and and, and in these contests in general, uh, when you have uh, such a strong uh, restriction, uh, yeah, restriction, then. Uh, 
you have to uh, start with this with this rest- restriction in mind because uh, what can you do with nine cards and a few components? So uh, when I started to thinking about this game, it was uh, I thought, okay, so I can I can have a card and what what uh, what can I put on the card? What uh, how can I use it to its fullest? And the same same way I was uh, thinking about the dice in the game. And since I'm uh, mostly a Eurogamer. Uh, I don't want. Uh, I don't like um, too much randomness in the in the games, and uh, at least it it needs to be a randomness that gives you some variety and and uh, that uh, that doesn't uh, write your reactions. So uh, I was thinking, what can I do with uh, with this simple die? And I try to come up with uh, with as much things as, as I can think about. And what can be done just with the die? I mean, you can you can use it to power your actions. You can use it uh, both to uh, to uh, like um, uh, power the animations, uh, you can use the the number on the die. You can use the place where you play uh, the place where you put it, and uh, also the timing should be should be important. So this is how it how it started. So I put all those ide- ideas together and try to come up with a working mechanic for it. Yeah, and it's uh, it's very elegant in that it's both uh, simple. And uh, at the same time, like when I first saw it, my first uh, association was, "Wow, he's he's using roll and move for the enemies because it's 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 such a simple thing, you know." And uh, you just get, have to make that choice, and you have to, um, and you know that you're there, there's a lot of choices in the game for being just uh, seven cards on uh, your map and uh, five dice. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so many choices because you need to fill each one of those uh, rows and it, it feels very, um, just everything feels very tight and very connected because you're both blocking yourself and and trying trying to do certain things. How did you, how, how long did it take you to get from uh, your initial idea to to that print and play contest? Hmm. Actually, with with this one, it was uh, it was uh, surprisingly easy. Uh, I mean, I I'm used to like when working on a game, it's a really long process, and you you uh, first need to come up with several different ideas and trying them, and before you get to somewhere. And uh, with Under Falling Skies, it was uh, it was really fast. I mean, I I the first idea was that I uh, want to use the die both for your actions and for the anime actions. And uh, out of this, I, I was thinking about it maybe for a week, I think, I think before I made the first prototype. And uh, actually, the first prototype was uh, very similar what what uh, how the final game looks like. I mean, uh, only really only that there were only really small changes from that. And um, I mean, when I played for the first time. I was really surprised how how well it works. I mean, I thought, okay, so maybe I'm up to something because uh, because uh, it was against all my uh, my previous experience. I mean, usually it's a really painful process to get get to this point, and uh, this worked just from the very beginning. So it was uh, really fun working on it because of that. And how different is the version that's going to come out now from that uh, first PNP version? Yeah, I mean, it was a, a big decision how how we want to approach the, the boxed version of the game uh, because the print and play version is quite quite successful and it's out there for some time already. So uh, we need to give players something something more, some some reason why they want to buy the the boxed boxed game. 
And uh, one of the ideas was to introduce some kind of campaign uh, which uh, which adds both the variety and also some narrative to the game. But uh, I still kept in mind that uh, I want to, the game to be really uh, this simple as it is now. I mean, as as the print-to-play version, uh, because it's I think it's the big strength of the game that it's uh, this uh, I mean interconnected and elegant and and quite easy to grasp uh, while being quite deep when you when you play it. So. Uh, so I was really careful about adding new stuff to the game. Uh, I, I uh, add only a little, and every, everything I, I add in, into the game uh, has like a huge impact. I mean, it should should have some impact. It uh, shouldn't be only some some uh, difficult rule that uh, don't add uh, actually anything to the game. Uh, so I really tried hard to keep it uh, keep it compact and simple. Yeah. Yeah, and I've heard. Uh... I've heard that the campaign version is also um, it not only is it replayable, but you've packed the box in a way that you you take out components as you get to them, uh, just the way that you've stacked them up, which I think is uh, quite cool. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because you know, I, I quite like the the legacy concept of games, uh, but uh, there are, there are things about it that I that I'm not so. Uh, uh, that I don't appreciate it much. I mean, that you throw away lots of stuff, and and uh, also that you're like I mean, destroying some some things. Or when you play through the whole game, then then you kind of destroys it. I mean, you can't return to some point and and play it at, at that point because uh, maybe it was uh, more fun in the middle of the game than than at the end of the of the campaign. And uh, this is something I wanted to avoid with uh, with this campaign in Idle Falling Skies. Uh, so I I made it in a way that uh, that as you go through the campaign, you both learn new stuff that are added to the game. Like there are some new, let's say, new rooms or new mechanics and everything, and you learn about them as you go through the game. So it's not that overwhelming from the start, but uh, you add the complexity as you go. At the same time, it adds a lot of variety because everything you you gain through the campaign you can use uh, in your standalone games. So uh, so you don't play like with uh, four uh, underground base setups like in the print play version, but here you have like seventeen different cities, each of them with different base base uh, setup and and different special ability and stuff. So uh, it should be much more variable than the, than the original version. Yeah, and I really like that uh, you're taking the best from legacy games, in my opinion, uh, which is you know new content and that t- like tutorial feeling, um, which is you know you're you're ramping up the game as you play more. That's that's one of the problems that we uh, I've had with legacy games when I've played them is sometimes you you start a game with a, a, a group that doesn't want to finish it, so in the end you can't really. Um, Get a new player in there. We had that situation with Pandemic Legacy. How long did you take to 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 play through the whole Pandemic Legacy? We did not. That, that's what I'm saying. We only played three months, and then I mean three months in the game, and then um, two players dropped out of the game. They didn't want to play it anymore, and it's sitting on my shelf right now, uh, <laughs> collecting dust. And uh, I, I think my plan would be to continue solo, just to finish it by myself. <laughs> Because we finished it with my group, we finished this quite quite recently, and it took us over a year to get through the whole campaign. <laughs> yeah, we we started it we started it in 
January, I think, is when we started it, and then um, played, I think, till see, uh, month three or four. And, <laughs> and but, but I think that's, that's the thing, because in uh, in these uh, legacy games, you need a group of people, and they need to meet like every time at the full group, and that's uh, that's very difficult. And, but I think it's a format that, that uh, works really well for solo games because uh, then you don't then you don't don't need these other people to to get around and uh, so I think it fits the the under falling skies pretty well in this manner. Yeah, definitely for sure. Uh, I think for for a solo game um, campaign, c- having a campaign is uh, probably the the, the best way to. Uh, or, or, or solo is best for campaigns because otherwise it's so hard to get people together. Like even now we're playing uh, Gloomhaven Jaws of the Lion with the group, and uh, the guy who owns the game he's playing three or four different, different with, with different groups, you know. And uh, he's like, okay, which mission are are we with you guys? And then, <laughs> so, uh, while whilst with a solo game you can always know where you're at. Uh, but like uh, I I watched uh, Paul Grogan. Uh, do a run through of uh, your game, uh, Under Falling Skies, mm-hmm. and, and he, he said that he really likes that it can be played co-op. Is what he said uh, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. You, you you can you know with with puzzle games like that you can discuss what you want to do best uh, and just have mm-hmm. make that decision together. Yeah, I think I think that uh, I mean I I quite like uh, cooperative games, but with most of them there's this alpha player problem, obviously. And for me, the one of them that really works is uh, Space Alert because of this uh, time pressure thing. Uh, and usually it's it's a problem with this alpha player. But I think why it works for Under Falling Skies is because those decisions are not, uh, are not obvious. I mean, uh, uh, every time you need to compare those pros and cons for, for each decision, and it's usually there's usually not uh, the the one best uh, approach or the one best decision. So there's always something you can discuss with uh, within, within those two two or three players. Yeah, and uh, I really like the white die mechanic, which gives you the reroll of all other dice. So you you never actually know all the dice you have, and you can choose when to use it and when to play those two white dice. But you're rerolling at least once. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that, uh, for. I mean, uh, from my perspective, it's it's probably the best mechan- mechanic in, in the game. Uh, so that that's what makes it uh, so. I mean, enjoyable because you can't can't uh, you don't have the full information from the start. So yeah, you can you can't just solve it. Mm-hmm. You you have the cho- choice of when to randomize, and at the same time, it's. Um, very euro in the sense that you get the random numbers, but then you get to choose to make the choice, um, which is different than making the choice and then getting the randomness like a lot of other uh, dice games. Definitely. Um, could you tell me more about what you do in Czech games now? <laughs> I mean, right now, um, it, most of my time in Czech Games Edition now I was spent with Underfalling Skies because the development process it was really intensive and and, and, and quite exhaustive <laughs> as well. Uh, but um, usually I I'm there for uh, marketing stuff and for uh, game development stuff. So I was also involved in uh, development process of uh, Sanctum, uh, which came out like last year. Uh, that's about the time when I when I uh, started in Czech Games Edition. So, 
So let's see what I will be doing in the future, because now, as I said, most of the time was uh, occupied by under falling skies. But it was a great experience because I think it's something that most of the designers uh, are not allowed to um, uh, to make that much decisions about uh, the development process of the game. I mean, usually you just give the game to the publisher and they they just uh, change it in a way they, they feel it's the best for the game and they publish it. But here I was the one who was ma- making most of those decisions or at least like uh, discussing them. So it was uh, really great in this matter. And how do you compare... Uh, being a developer of someone else's game versus uh, designing and developing your own game. Uh, I think when you when you uh, helping someone else, there's uh, lots of communication involved because uh, you you obviously you have your own ideas how the game should be uh, should be I don't know changed or de- developed, but you still need to respect the the, the designer, the author of the game. So. Uh, so you're mostly trying to make some suggestions, and uh, and uh, you always communicate with the with the designer. So yeah, yeah. And in a in a game like Sanctum or um, any game that that you work on as a developer, uh, how much of the choice uh, is left up to the designer um, by the by the publisher? Uh, I mean, it really depends uh, mostly about the designer himself because uh, some some designers prefer to just uh, give you the game and just uh, let you publish it, and some designers want to control like every piece of the game and uh, being there for the whole process. So it really depends. But uh, the thing is that in Czech games uh, we uh, like. Uh, um, we are used to like put a lot of effort into the game to to make it the best way possible. So uh, usually there are quite uh, big changes on the games, and uh, so yeah, so so it usually changes. I mean, <clears throat> from the from the initial idea or initial pitch of the game. Mm-hmm. And how many uh, developers usually work on a single game? Uh, this is also interesting about uh, Czech games because uh, it's a quite well-known publisher, but it's still uh, quite a small company. I mean, at least uh, when, when looking at the number of employees and, and stuff. And uh, we used to um, uh, like discuss all the things together. I mean, uh, there everyone in the company can have a voice and can can make a suggestion about the game and. And uh, we're using some really powerful um, uh, tools, uh, online tools, uh, where we like discuss everything involving the graphics and rules and and uh, playtesting and everything. So, uh, so it's mostly uh, uh, the whole the effort of the whole company. But the the initial team, the initial development team, it's uh, it's usually small. It's uh, it's mostly about a graphic designer, someone who's uh, lead, leads the project, and maybe like uh, three more people who are more involved in the process. Mm-hmm. Now that you're doing this uh, full time, do you still find uh, that you play games outside of uh, working on them? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I really try. <laughs> It's it's uh, definitely more difficult. I mean, at least when you imagine that you spend the whole day working on on, on a game or on the games, 
and uh, then you went back home, or you even working from home. So, <laughs> and then you then you just imagine you you will play another game. It's, uh, <laughs> but I still do. I still do, and I I still try to play at least uh, those um, uh, new games coming out, and those uh, that uh, looks there they they should be uh, really interesting. So, yeah, I I, I really do. It, it's. Uh, it doesn't apply. I think it doesn't apply to all people in the company because, uh, as I said, when you when you working about working on games the whole day and and then playing game afterwards, it's uh, it's uh, a bit difficult. Yeah. Yeah, it depends on the games as well, though. <laughs> um, <laughs> like uh, because I I I just started doing um, blind play testing and some development work. And sometimes I actually want to play the games I'm working on more, especially when they're closer to finishing. And you see the, uh-huh. you, you already see the graphic design, you see all of the artwork, and it's just, uh, it becomes really enjoyable. While uh, in the earlier phases, it can it can be quite exhausting, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What uh, what inspires you to make a game? Like you said, for Under Falling Skies, it was uh, the restriction of of, of the components. Um, mm-hmm. what usually uh, makes you want to make a game? I mean, uh, for me, it's quite similar as for Underfunny Skies because uh, it really helps me to have some kind of restriction or limitation or at least uh, some starting point to uh, from for when I can uh, start thinking about the mechanism and everything. And uh, uh, when I when I starting to work on a game, I usually start with something that I haven't seen before. I mean, I take, for example, some some well-known mechanic, for example, this uh, dice placement or whatever, and I try to figure out what, what else can be done with this with this uh, well-known mechanic. So, so yeah, that's it. But, but, but I have probably, like uh, any other designer, I have, like, uh, notebooks full of some ideas and, and doodles and everything, so... And time to time, I just go through this, uh, through this, uh, through my notes, and see if something uh, catches my eye, and and I can uh, like work on it some a bit further. So, yeah. And what games are you playing with your group at the moment, or some games that you like uh, by other designers? The the, the current uh, trend is. Uh, to have a really heavy Euro games with uh, lots of stuff thrown in, like, uh, like I don't know, for example, we are now playing with my brother, the Maracaibo, uh, which I quite enjoy playing. But for me, this design is a bit overwhelming in, in a way that there are so, so many small rules and so many components and the setup takes a real long time. And uh, so while I still uh, like playing it, uh, I think... I think it uh, it um, it doesn't have this uh, elegancy. So I really appreciate like games that are uh, both uh, deep and elegant. And uh, so one of so so few of my uh, all-time favorites are, for example, Through the Ages or or even Agricola or uh, like or Brass is is uh, is a really brilliant design. So well, we actually yeah. we, we we really love uh, a lot a lot of games by Czech designers like uh, Mage Knight is one of the ones that pops uh, into mind. I think that's uh, one of our favorite games when we have the time to, to play it. Um, how? Uh, yeah, I want to ask you about the, the situation in the Czech Republic uh, because there's so many games that come out of there. 
Um, how do you think that? Uh, do Do you know how that started out? <laughs> mm, that's a that's an interesting question uh, because uh, I think it's maybe because we have uh, quite uh, enthusiasm uh, designers in Czech Republic. I mean, uh, you know, Vlada uh, Kvatil, Vlada Suchy, and and such. And I think they really help this this trend in Czech Republic. Uh, but it's really difficult to say. I mean. Um, in Czech Republic, there are, uh, I mean, even more and more people these days are, are, are uh, discovering board games and, and all this, all, the whole hobby. So uh, it's growing really fast, I would say. Yeah, it's, it's definitely growing. There's such a huge concentration, I feel like, uh, good designers from, from the Czech Republic. What, what do you do when you have moments where you see a game isn't making... Um, the progress you would want want it to be making, and if you ever have some kind of uh, roadblock or something, <laughs> yeah, you know, all the time. <laughs> I think it's it's quite common in, when you're designing a game. And um, what I usually do, and when I really got stuck, then I just put the idea uh, aside and uh, I try to return to it uh, later and see if it if it uh, if it works if i can figure it out how to how to get past it so as i said i have like lots of those small ideas that uh, that uh, i just got stuck in in some in some point and i try to return to them uh, in the future uh, and uh, very often i'm when i'm uh, working on something then i have this portfolio of ideas that i can just pick some of them and put them into the new di design or use them in in a in a different way uh, when when it really works. So yeah. And how do you build that uh, portfolio? Is it a notebook? <laughs> oh, it's uh, it has a many different ways. I mean, I have something on a single sheet of paper, something just in a notebook, something in my computer, so <laughs> something in a form of a prototypes. It uh, it depends. Mm -hmm. And I'm not, not, not that organized when it comes to this. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and when, when you do make a prototype, uh, how do you usually test it? Uh, your testing groups or uh, like under Falling Skies, did you test it with a lot of other people or because it's a solo game? And Yeah, I did. I mean, it was quite easy for under Falling Skies because uh, obviously you can test it by yourself. But uh, uh, I also gave it to uh, quite a lot of other people. Um, which I think is not that common in, when it comes to these uh, BGG contests because, uh, I mean, I'm very lucky about this that I have uh, people around me who are, who are uh, uh, eager to test those games. And, uh, and I think not everyone has this opportunity, so it helps a lot to, to progress on the game. Uh, we also have, uh, I mean, uh, with, uh, with my brother and other friends, we, uh, time to time we do some uh, game jams together like over the weekend or just one day, and we just try to come up with an idea within within this uh, one or two days. And uh, so that also uh, helps uh, pretty, pretty much. Do you find that you practice design in any specific ways, uh, meaning like, uh, you know, imagining how the game plays out or um, looking at other games and seeing what could be better? Uh, I think I started as as uh, almost any other designer, like uh, like house ruling some stuff in in other games. So, uh, I, for example, I made a, a big uh, house ruling or or even an expansion for Zombie Side, if you if you know Zombie Side Black Plague. So I made the whole 
I mean, o- overhelm of the game. On, uh, it's called Zombicide Dark Ages. And <clears throat> uh, and I did a similar thing with any, with uh, lots of other games. So that's something that, that helps you to uh, get to the point where you're able to design your own game. Like uh, uh, starting with something that works already and changing only some smaller stuff and before you can uh, come up with uh, something completely new. Yeah, that's something that we do uh, with my brother whenever we get a new game and before we we know the rules uh, well. Uh, whenever we have a, a, a rule come up that we're not sure about, uh, we don't immediately go to the rule book, but we try and uh, make up a rule and see if it works. And then at the end of the game, uh, we see what the designer did, did and what the publisher uh, did and how the rule actually goes, uh, which we found to be really helpful. That's really cool. <laughs> I, I wonder how how uh, how often you, you just get the rule right. <laughs> uh, sometimes it really depends on how how important of a rule it is and how big of a rule it is. If it's like sometimes the game would work uh, would work well, and other times <laughs> the rule that we made up uh, doesn't work so well, and then we have to figure out we we try and figure out why didn't this work uh, before we uh, go to the rule book and see the. Mm-hmm. The, the answer. <laughs> yeah. uh, some, sometimes we do. Sometimes we get them right. Um, yeah, anyway, it's, it's a really cool idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You should try it sometime. <laughs> yeah, definitely. For sure. I, I think cool uh, house rules come out of that uh, idea lots of times. <laughs> and so sometimes we can't mm-hmm. go we sometimes we can't go back to the real rules after, <laughs> after deciding it. <laughs> That's a problem. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sometimes sometimes it's really interesting to read the rules after uh, after a long time you've been playing the game already because uh, this this way we figured out that we played like half of our games uh, wrong in in some in some some place. I mean, we had some uh, really important rule wrong and playing the 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 whole time with this with this mistake and and the game worked. Uh, it was a bit different, and it was really surprising when we figured it out. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it works. Uh, Mage Knight is a big one for us because every time we forget about <laughs> yeah. some rules because there's so many of them. Though uh, for, for Mage Knight, I, I spent a lot of time uh, doing the tutorial and making sure we got it right. But when we go in a game, we, we just don't also, we, we don't like having that uh, give me five minutes until I find it, the rule. And I I much prefer doing it all at once at the end. Uh, But Mage Knight is a big one, like, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, with all of the attacks and all the defenses. Have have you played it, by the way? Yeah, yeah, of course. Like, (laughs) I started, like, many times. (laughs) I I mean, I I remember that every time I I read a whole rulebook and we play one game and then we, when we don't get to it like again for a long time so the next time i need to read again and, and start all over so yeah, it's uh, really difficult to return to 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 it yes yeah. it's it's the same we we've only played it around maybe four times which is which is a long time to play it <laughs> four games is, is very long uh, <laughs> But yeah, every time you have to reread the majority of the rule books or, or, or the yeah. a lot of the rules or make them up as you go along. <laughs> uh, what are your plans for the future? Are you working on any other games while you're uh, finishing Under Falling Skies? You said that you finished the rule book this week. Just uh, yesterday. So, <laughs> uh, But you know, I, I, um, I told myself that I uh, can't work on any other game while, I, while the Under Falling Skies is uh, not finished. 
because uh, it draws a lots of uh, you know lots of um, attention from from it so uh, so now now I finally have time to start working on something else uh, but uh, as I said since uh, finishing the game was really intense I mean uh, for example the last night we spent the whole night on the rule book and I I uh, went sleep like at 6 a.m. or something so <laughs> so uh, well, I think I I need uh, some time to uh, regain the the energy and the creative creativity uh, before I start with uh, with a new game. But uh, I I, th- I wonder how how long will it take because uh, I already started to thinking about new stuff and <laughs> so let's see. Yeah, I, I have a few ideas in my in my sleeps and. <laughs> I think we're coming towards the the end end of the podcast, and I usually ask uh, the question: What would your advice be for uh, people who want to start out designing, or who have uh, have started out but are st- uh, but are still in the hmm. early stages? Hmm. I would say be prepared that everything takes uh, much more time than you expect, <laughs> and uh, be prepared to dedicate this time to to it if you if you really want to uh, finish the game. And uh, and probably don't give up because uh, that's something I I often do when I get stuck I just give up on on this idea uh, because it's easier to to start a new one than than finishing this one and going through this uh, through this problem in, in design so and when you don't give up I I think you finally get there sometimes it's a really painful process but. Uh, and uh, especially like uh, getting this idea on the table, like uh, building the first prototype. That's uh, probably the most painful part of the process. <laughs> when you already have something, then it's uh, much easier and much more enjoyable. Yeah, for sure. Well, thank you so much for taking the time. And I hope you enjoy uh, your free time now that the rulebook is done. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Thank you very much for the opportunity. It was a really nice talk.